0: a lot about this phrase. Maybe you've heard of it. We don't want to just be a friendly church. And say it with me if you know it. We don't want to just be a friendly church. We want to be a church of friends. And I think we have great language for that. It's a fun catchphrase to say. But how do we exactly do that? How can we get a little more practical with that phrase and make it a reality? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. The scripture says this. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Dear Father, I pray that you bless this word to our hearing. We wouldn't just be hearers, but we'd be doers of your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. From friendly to friend. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Maybe you were taught this phrase when you were in elementary school. I was, stranger danger. Don't talk to strangers. They'll put you in a van. They'll kidnap you. They'll hurt you. Stranger danger. And as an elementary student, we'd have guest speakers come in and bring us all to an all-school assembly. And we'd learn the most horrifying things as like, little kids. And they would say, stranger danger. And I want to address this idea of stranger danger because the Bible actually says something different. We were taught as kids to stay away from strangers, don't talk to strangers, and I think many of us took that to heart. And I think that's why many of us, especially in this generation, have a hard time making friends, have a hard time forming community. One of the main things I hear in church life or in Seattle life is, I have a hard time making friends. I have a hard time making community. And I I wonder if it's because we've adopted this principle of stranger danger, where we have a hard time making friends because we have a hard time talking to strangers. And many times, our friends start off as strangers. How do you become friends with someone who isn't a stranger? You have to start somewhere. And I believe that this idea of staying away from strangers actually runs in opposition of what Jesus teaches, to have a love for strangers. In fact, when we invite strangers into our home with the gift of hospitality, the scripture that we just read said, you might be entertaining angels or you might be hosting an angel without even realizing it. I saw this story this week that really warmed my soul, especially as the holidays are approaching. There is a young right, not a young, a young grandma, we can call her that. There's a young grandma who uh, uh, texted someone an invitation to Thanksgiving dinner. She thought it was her grandson. And can we put up this first picture of this grandma? She she puts up this picture and and she texts, hey, Thanksgiving dinner is at my house on November 24th at 3 p.m. Let me know if you're coming, hope to see you all. And this is all to her grandchildren. And then this person responds, who is those, which I think he means, who is this? She writes, grandma, with a grandma emoji. <laughs> grandma, can I have a picture of who? You, lol, lol, or lol, I say lol. And so she, she takes a pretty great selfie of herself at work. And uh, yes, here I'm at work. How many of you guys have grandmas that are great at texting selfies of themselves here? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And so uh, this person gets a surprise text from a, a grandma, an invitation, Wrong number, and when I get a wrong number, usually I just say something like, hey, wrong number, or I, I trolled them. This, this guy, he does something really amazing. Can we go to the next picture? Uh, he, <laughs> he, he sends a picture of himself. <laughs> You're not my grandma. <laughs> can I still get a plate, though? <laughs> Love it. And then the grandma says, of course you get. That's what grandmas do feed everyone. <laughs> So, so this, this guy, Jamal is his name, he actually goes over for Thanksgiving dinner, and, the, and cameras and news crews come, and they document this. And uh, this was in 2000, or 2016, and last year, they had Thanksgiving again, <laughs> and they, he actually showed up with his girlfriend, and they're, they're BFFs, and they hang out, and they talk, and this whole story, doesn't it warm your soul? Doesn't it make you believe in humanity again? I mean, come on. And uh, It started with a strange text, but the response created friendship and relationship and humanity. And I, I just think with all this talk of stranger danger, we are afraid of our fellow humans. We are afraid of one another. We are afraid of people. But the fact is, as believers, we are called to love one another. We're called to even love strangers. We are called to, at times, invite people into our lives and our homes. And I'm so encouraged by two strangers that could share a meal together. People from different backgrounds, different experiences, different stories. A strange text could turn into a strange friendship. And the whole world is watching and marveling. And their hearts are so warm like your hearts are right now. But when it comes to strangers, many of us being taught about stranger danger, we have these objections in our heart, right? Like, I don't want to talk to strangers. Some of our objections are uh-uh, fear. Like, what, what if I bring someone into my house or share a meal with them? What if I, I bring someone into my life and they, they hurt me? You know, what, what if they're, they're dangerous? You know, there, there have been people who have who have been, like, taken advantage of, like, what if I get get hurt, and uh, I'm not letting someone into my house, I got to protect my family first, I got to make sure I'm, I'm okay, I got to make sure we're safe. Some objections we have when it comes to inviting strangers in our, in our lives, our homes, and our heart is, I, I just don't have time for that. I have a hard enough, like, time really taking care of my kids, or my friendship, or just talking to my family. Like, Pastor Pradeep, and you just preached a whole month on family. I'm trying to make my family a priority. How do I have time for strangers and stuff like that? I just don't have time. Many of us, we just say, I, I, I just am not very good with relationships and friendship. I don't have the skills to approach a stranger and invite them into my house. Like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, I haven't made friends since I was in elementary school. Like, back then, it was easy. Like, in my, in my 20s, it was easier to make friends. Like, my biggest problem was, what do I do? 15 people show up to my house. Now I realize it's been a month since I've had even two people over to my house. Like, I just don't have the skill. How do you make friends? How do you connect? How, like, I love that this church says we want to go from friendly to friendship, but Pastor Pradeep and I have no idea where to even begin. And so some objections we have when it comes to strangers is that I don't, I, I'm afraid or I don't have the time or I don't have the skills. And I, I want to share a principle and a tool from the scriptures that I believe that it will help us to, to not just be friendly, to, to create friends, but to also unlock the power of the gospel. in something called hospitality. Hospitality. I want you to say hospitality today. You know, you don't hear a lot of sermons about hospitality, so I'm super pumped about this. We're going to dive into these scriptures. I, I believe that. This is a principle that many of us already operate in. I think we have, like, maybe the warmest church I've ever been to. We have a church of friends, people who are willing to be friends. But I think we need some good, sound biblical teaching on this, digging into the scriptures and hospitality. And, like, when we think of hospitality, we think of, like, You know, running around the house spraying Febreze and, you know, just overwhelming the scent of our house and, and, you know, arranging the pillows and and trying to throw the throw blanket just right. Like, ah, I'm going to get this and I'm going to I'm going to light my pumpkin spice candle because it's it's fall and I'm going to organize my pumpkins and hospitality in, in our culture is more of a term of entertaining. How can I impress people? But let's dig into, what does the scripture say about hospitality? I want to read a couple of verses, but I'm going to go through three points, sharing how we can go from hostile to hospitable, how we can go from friendly to friends, and how we can go from open homes to open hearts. And I believe that this is going to be super powerful. So let's read a few scriptures on hospitality. We read in Hebrews 13 already, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Super weird scripture, but it talks about hospitality. Like, angels, why you got to mooch off of my hospitality? (laughs) Well, let's talk about that another day. Romans 12 says this. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Say it with me. Practice hospitality. There are so many verses that actually use this word hospitality. So if hospitality isn't just spraying breeze and entertaining people and making sure your house is clean and impressing people, like what is hospitality? And I, I want to give you a, a very simple definition of hospitality. So z- hospitality, it comes from the Greek word xenophilo. And I, I know I'm, not, I'm pronouncing that wrong, but hey, we're called Kalos Church, and that's a Greek word pronounced wrong, so <laughs> forgive us. So, so it, it's a combination of two words, xenophilo. Xeno means stranger. Philo means, like, love, you know, like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, or xenophilo. Have you heard the term xenophobic? That's like when you don't like people that are different. You don't like immigrants. You don't like people from other countries. So, xenophobic. Xenophila is the love of strangers. So, when we're talking about hospitality, we're in fact talking about the opposite of staying away from strangers. We're talking about loving strangers. What the scripture tells us to. Love strangers? Yes, absolutely. This is one of the hallmarks of Christianity. This is one of the hallmarks of following Jesus. And I want to let you know, this is one of the most powerful tools we have as the people of God. You know, over the past month, uh, a number of people have come up to me and said, Hey, Pastor Pradeep will you will you help me share my faith? I really have a passion to make known the beauty of Jesus, but I don't really know how to start a conversation I want to let you know that being hospitable and loving strangers and bringing them into your life and your home and your heart, just having a meal and breaking bread, sitting on a couch, you know, just having long conversations that stretch into the evening, grabbing each other for, you know, just hanging out at a coffee shop or doing a happy hour. This is one of the most powerful tools we have as Christians, this love of strangers to be hospitable. And back in the nomadic culture, a lot of the language that is borrowed for this comes from a a nomadic culture. Hospitality was the difference between life and death. Back in the time period where there there wasn't like a a W hotel, there wasn't a Westin, there wasn't Spring Hill Suites by Marriott where I used to work front desk. Before there were all these hotels, a stranger walking through the desert or the wilderness would go to a house. And be like, hey, I'm a stranger, will you take me in? And people considered serving a stranger, serving a God. And they would say, hey, I know what it's like to be in the wilderness. I know what it's like not to have help. So I'm going to take care of you in the spirit of hospitality, loving strangers, inviting you into my house, saying, let's let's have dinner. Let's create a safe space where we can be humans and not just be afraid of each other. Let's lean into each other. I want to know your story. I want you to know my story. I want to laugh with you. I want to rejoice with you. I want to mourn with you. I want to treat you like a human when so many times society doesn't treat you like a human. I'm going to not just let you be someone I'm afraid of and a stranger to avoid. I'm not just going to walk to the other side of the road from you. I'm going to invite you into my heart. I'm going to invite you into my life. Hospitality. You know, there's this pastor back in Michigan that uh, Pastor Aretha actually traveled to the Dominican Republic with. Her name is Liz Doyle. And she tells this amazing story that happened in, in Michigan. She started ministering to people, like doing what's called witnessing, where you just walk up to people on the streets and sharing the gospel. And she lived in a primarily Islamic population near Dearborn, Michigan. People were kind of hesitant to talk to her. And so she decided, you know what? I'm not just going to treat people like a project. I'm just going to get to know people, love them like friends. I'm just going to love strangers. I'm not just going to try to convert them and convince them. And so what she did is she started throwing tea parties at her house during the Christmas season. And uh, over the years, these tea parties grew grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Pretty soon, so many of these Islamic women Would come So many came that she had to start renting a bus and filled this bus and they would come over and it wasn't like preaching the gospel. It was just having tea, just having some crumpets, right? That's what you do, just loving one another. And these women, uh, for one of the most recent gatherings, she told us a story and it just moves my heart. They said, we have lived in this country for over 10 years. And you are the first American to ever invite us into your home. You know, after 9-11, everybody was so afraid of us being Muslims. They wouldn't even look at us. Nobody would talk to us. Nobody ever invited us over. And we come from such a culture of hospitality where you bring people into your house. You do life together. And after 10 years, you are the first American to invite us into your home. And She didn't even have to preach the gospel, but they started to ask her, Will you tell me about Jesus because we want to follow him? You see, that's the power of hospitality. When you just love people like humans, despite their background, despite labels, where you just said, hey, you carry the image of God. God created you, and so I'm going to love you like the son and daughter of the Most High King. I am going to invite you into my life in the spirit of hospitality. A quote by Henry Nouwen that really challenges me about hospitality says, hospitality means primarily the creation of free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people but to offer them space where change can take place. It is not to bring men and women over to our side, but to offer freedom, not disturbed by dividing lines. Hello, we live in a time where this nation is polarized by dividing issues. We need to start inviting people into our lives, people that we disagree with on everything. We need to start having conversations. Instead of just getting in Facebook arguments... Start inviting people over for tea and crumpets, okay? This is what we do as Christians. This is the spirit of hospitality. Another verse, 1 Peter says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And all the introverts said, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Stay as long as you want, as long as you leave in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> Each of you should use whatever gift. My gross house, my small house, the coffee shop across the street, my bad ability to cook, this, this weird thing I, I found on Etsy. You know, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The gift of hospitality is something we're all called to do. And I like that the scripture says, use whatever gift you have. You don't have to have a mansion. You don't have to have all of the goods. Just use what you have. And so we created at Kalos Church a system where we can all exercise the gift of hospitality. And this is a real practical way in how we can go from friendly to friends. And it's called free market small groups. Come on. Who's been part of a small group here at Kalos Church? Who's led a small group here at Kalos Church? Love it. And so we created a system, okay, we don't want to just talk about being friends. We don't want to just talk about hospitality. How can we set the people of Kalo's church up for a win where we can practice the spirit of generous hospitality? So That's why we have free market small groups, meaning hey, if you go through a very, very easy set of qualifications, anyone in this room can become a small group leader. Anyone can. And we create a free market system that says, hey, use whatever gift you have to create a free space for lives to be changed through the spirit of hospitality. And so with free market small groups, we are asking every person here to make your life your mission. Hey, are you wanting to hike in the mornings? That's just something you do in your free time? Well, Julie created a group called SMAP, Saturday morning activity thing, right? Active things. And so she's like, I want to hike on Saturday mornings anyways. I want to play ultimate frisbee anyways. I want to jump on trampolines anyways. So why don't I make my life, what I'm already doing, part of the mission of making known the beauty of Jesus, right? So, so Joy and Nathan Arona right here, they love the book of Hebrews. They're wanting to dig into that book. And they love hosting people at their house, making good food, making good drinks. So they created we brews. So they brew, and they talk about the book of Hebrews. They just made their life their mission, and they created a space where hospitality could take place. And they made their life their mission. You know, Alice here, amazing Alice, she leads the the women's small group with Morgan. The fact is, and I asked her if I could share this, you know, uh, like not even even a year ago, um, she shared, she texted me this, or shared on Facebook Messenger, She said, I I was in a really dark place. I hadn't been going to church. I hadn't been going to any small groups. I I was just without hope. Well, I got invited to a small group. I was hesitant. But I I ended up going. And I I found a community of women who were vulnerable and transparent and and just loved me as I was. And uh, as new small groups were starting, some people encouraged me to start a small group. And Alice says, I I just... I didn't think I was qualified to start a small group. There's no way I could create that hospitality, safe place. And really, I was just—I was ashamed of myself. I knew how dark my past had been, and uh, I didn't feel like the perfect Christian. Well, he started a small group with Morgan, carried on the women's one, and she says in her writing, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew, and s- suddenly in, in in these places where. They are leading a Bible study, like over 30 women would show up and lives are being changed. And Alice is just, I was tearing up reading this text last night. She just said, God used me to help women who are in the same place I was in. And it's, it's this idea of anybody can use their gifts, their house, their personality, their time to create a safe place where People can be treated like humans. That's the power of free market small groups. Many of you are thinking, ah, small groups, I don't have time for that. I don't have the skills for that. I don't know what to do. I'm just encouraging all of us, if you're already doing something, don't do it alone. Bring strangers into it. You know, we recreate the Seattle freeze, if you've heard that term. We recreate the Seattle freeze when we just have our own friends. And we're like, oh, I've been looking for community. I've been looking for community. And then we find it, and we forget what it's like to be without community. And we just have our own parties and our own friends. And everybody's looking in on you having a good time. But they're like, how do I break in? How do I get in there? Have you ever felt like that? Maybe you look at church leadership. Maybe you look at social circles. Maybe it was in school. Maybe it was the in crowd of your family. You're just like, how can I break in? How can I break in? Well, with free market small groups, we do this for, 13 weeks, then we take a month off, and then we do 13 more weeks. And so there's easy on-ramps, easy off-ramps. And the thing is, anybody can join, and really, almost anybody can lead. And we ask you to create a safe place for people to belong before they believe. A safe place for people to belong even before they believe. And we're asking, you know, will you consider starting a small group? leading a small group, opening your home and your heart so people's lives can be changed. You know, we have groups for prayer. We have groups for married people, men's groups, women's groups, uh, young adults, singles. We have Bible studies. We have so many amazing groups. But the fact is, Kalos Church is growing, and I want these groups to stay small. My, my hope is that we can have one group for every 10 people that consider Kalos Church their home. So that they can stay small, be a place where people's voices are known, be a place where we can bring strangers in and they can receive love and hope. And I just am praying for someone here even today to say, hey, I want to start a group for family, a place for people with kids to have a safe place, mothers of preschoolers, mops, or or daddy playdates, or just couples with kids, things like that. I'm praying for people to start a group to help others navigate through finances. They'll take people through a Dave Ramsey group. I'm, I'm praying for all sorts of groups that would be birthed today in this place as we say, use me to do hospitality. You know, I know we got some gamers in this group. <laughs> Una Kim, I know you're a gamer. <laughs> We're praying for gamer small groups. I know people here watch anime. Start an anime small group. I know people here are shaving beards. Start a beard. Clean shaving group. <laughs> Grooming for men. I know people have dogs. Grooming for dogs. Maybe you guys could do a crossover group. I mean, literally anything can be a group. Make your life a ministry. I love small groups. I love small groups. And I, I believe that's the practical step for how we go from friendly to friend. If you've been attending Kalos Church, uh, and you haven't joined maybe the dream team serving alongside of us, you haven't been committed to a small group, and you're saying, I just don't really feel connected, I'm not surprised. If you're not plugging in, you're not going to feel connected. You know, uh, so many times in church world, people are like, ah, oh, that's an unfriendly church. Well, have you been part of a small group consistently? No. Okay. Ah, oh, that's just an unfriendly church. This just filled so many cl- with so many clicks. Have you joined a dream team? Spot, like, you could be in the (laughs) click. Ah, that church is just full of people who are unfriendly. No, we're not. Kalos Church is a very friendly church. We have people who are willing to be your friends. But if you only show up 12 times a year, it's going to be a hard time making friends. I'm telling you what, small groups and serving are the best ways to make friends at Kalos Church. It is. Come on, Ashley. I love it. Ashley letters for small group. Doing a great job. Love it. And so we got. Let let me just say it. If you are, if you've been a small group leader here at Kayla's Church, can you raise your hand? And can we give these guys a round of applause, guys and girls? They're amazing. They're just. They're amazing. Lean into them or become like them. Become a small group leader. All right, so. The third thing I want to share is we need to go from open homes to open hearts. Because why? This is what Jesus did for us. Jesus invited us into a relationship with him. Jesus opened up his heart so that we could be in the family of God. And many of you know my story, but hospitality quite literally saved my family's life. My family, they were immigrants to America And they were having a hard time transitioning into the language, the culture, the jobs, the education. They came from a culture of hospitality in Sri Lanka. And suddenly, it was a whole country of strangers where people just park in their driveways or go into their garage, walk into their house. You don't talk to your neighbors. You're afraid of people. You don't answer the door when someone knocks or ring the doorbell because you're so suspicious, unless it's an Amazon driver. And they were just like, what in the world? And it got so bad that they were going to commit suicide as a family until my dad was sitting at a park bench. A pastor saw him sitting there and said, hey, you don't have to end your life. Live with me, my wife, our three sons in my trailer home. We're going to invite you stranger that came from a foreign country. And hello, Sri Lanka had been known at that time in the 80s as people who had suicide bombers and child immigrants. A lot of people are afraid of Tamil Sri Lankans like my family was. Those immigrants are dangerous. Those immigrants are needy. Those immigrants are strangers. But this pastor said, I am called to love the stranger because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Even if they hurt me, even if they take advantage of me, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So I opened up my home, and I was born in a hospital, but I want to let you know I was conceived in hospitality. Come on, somebody. It was in that trailer home where my family felt safe enough to make a baby pradeepin. I was born in a hospital, but I was conceived in hospitality. Can we give Jesus a good amen, a round of applause? And I, I'm just saying, this is what Jesus was like. And Jesus even talks about this. He says in Matthew 26, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father... Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Followers of Jesus invite people into their home because when we invite strangers into our home, we invite Jesus into our home. Is Jesus in your home? Is Jesus welcome in your home? I mean, that's a convicting, powerful question. I mean, if you only open your home to people who are like you, you are not following the ways of Jesus. It's a convicting, powerful message. When we invite strangers into our home, we invite Jesus into our home. You know, this gift, The money, the time you've spent on your house, have you used it as a fortress of solitude or is your house a tool for the kingdom of God? It's a convicting question, but as followers of Jesus, we are called to invite people into our home. We are called to bring people into a place where they can experience the love of Jesus where we can make known the beauty of Jesus. So when we say, come over for dinner, or we say, hey, I'll lead a small group, or we say, hey, I'll meet you over coffee, when we say, hey, all these things in the spirit of hospitality, we are becoming like Jesus. In the book of Luke alone, there's like 50 references for food in Jesus. Jesus was always either going to a meal, coming from a meal, or at a meal. Jesus loved food. How many of you are like Jesus? And this is what Jesus is like. He was always living in hospitality. It is so powerful. You know, uh, Zechariah, I want to pick on you a little bit. And, uh, you know, Zechariah, I don't know if you have met him. He's an amazing man. And he, uh, I love him especially because he got me free tickets to see Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he's been traveling with the circus. And so this is actually his last Sunday here, right? So sad. And boo. Uh, <laughs> you're getting booed. But he, he's plugged into a small group. He's been living with Mark and Rachel in their home. They have been serving in the spirit of hospitality. And uh, he, he has entered in and has found friends in a very short amount of time. And he's about to go to another church, another city as he travels. But I just want to say, I'm so proud of this church, how we love someone knowing that they'd only be here temporarily. I'm, I'm just so proud of our community. You know, like, uh, I, Amritha and I, we live with Andrew and Rachel Jennings, and we have a lot of people at our house all the time. And we, we have parties. I mean, it's not, I mean, we probably have three, an average of three to four gatherings at our house a week, to be honest, every Monday night. Men's small group every other week is hosted at our house, birthday parties, you know, just like you know, just so many different meetings. And, and people often ask us, like, how do you do that? Like, how, how can you host so many people? Don't don't you get sick of that? Like, how much Febreze do you own? <laughs> and and and, and, the, and the fact is, yeah, yeah, we do get sick of it sometimes. We it does get tiring to to clean that house, and maybe not have as much privacy as we want. But last week, there's two meetings on at our house, uh, one in the kitchen, one in the garage. I, I was in the, in, the, in the kitchen, and I, I heard some commotion. Saw there was a meeting going on in our garage. Uh, a, a bunch of people were in the garage fixing Zechariah's car before he started traveling with the circus. And they're just laughing and hanging out and, and loving what could be called a stranger. Right? Someone we could be hostile towards. But they were hospitable towards it. And now you're no longer a stranger. You're, you're Kalo's church. You're a family. You're a friend. And I, I just love that. And like, yeah, sometimes I get sick of not having as much privacy as I prefer or want. Sometimes I get sick of having to clean or wondering who used all the napkins and the toilet paper. Sometimes I, I get sick of that. But you know what? Jesus invited me into his family, and I think it's one of my greatest honors and privileges to invite people into my family. My house is a tool for the kingdom of God. You know, the the scriptures go as far as to say this. In uh, 1 Timothy, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, wow. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. Check this out. He must, he must, everyone say must, he must enjoy having guests in his home. And he must be able to teach. You know, I've, I've heard pastors get fired for all sorts of reasons. You know, whether it's sexual sin or financial embezzlement, things like that. But have you ever heard of a pastor being fired from a position of responsibility because he or she just didn't like having guests at the house? (laughs) But this is a scriptural requirement of what it means to be a church leader. It's a requirement, because it's the gift of hospitality. It's us being like Jesus. And so I just want to challenge all of us. Will you let Jesus into your home? Will you invite the stranger into your home? Will you invite Jesus into your home? And so a real practical step you can do that is just walking and operating in the system we have at Kalos Church. And so in February, we're starting a brand new season of small groups. And I, I want to encourage all of you. Will you lead a winter slash spring small group? We're going to put some information here. You can fill out an application or an interest form at Groups. There are 13 weeks this next semester. We're going to have a training meeting on January 13th. But I would love if we had tons of small groups where we're reaching the lost. We're not just trying to reach each other, but we're inviting strangers into our lives and our homes. We're creating a free space for the gospel to be made known, for the beauty of Jesus to be made known. Would you become a small group leader? Would you create a free space for hospitality to take reign? And I want to end with this quote, and then we'll pray. By Rosario Butterfield, who is a a women's professor who describes herself as a a leftist lesbian who hated the religious right. That's her bio. But she ends up becoming a a Christian. And uh, the thing she tried to discredit the Bible, she is now a follower of in the ways of Jesus. And she writes how hospitality led to her salvation led to her becoming a follower of Jesus. She says this, "'Radically ordinary hospitality. "'Those who live it see strangers as neighbors "'and neighbors as family of God. "'They recoil at reducing a person to a category or a label. "'They see God's image reflected in the eyes "'of every human being on earth. "'Those who live out radically ordinary hospitality "'see their homes not as theirs at all, "'but as God's gift to use for the furtherance of his kingdom.'" They open doors. They seek out the underprivileged. They know that the gospel comes with a housekeeping. Will you let Jesus into your house? Dear Father, I just thank you for this amazing people at Kalos Church. People who are hospitable. People are saying, I want to make known the beauty of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help us to lead small groups or to participate in small groups, to go from uh, hostile to hospitable, to go from friendly to friends, and to go from open homes to open hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be like you. You know, before I, I get off the stage, I realize that not everyone here is a Christian. And I want to let you know Jesus is inviting you into his life, into his home. And if you need forgiveness, a fresh start, you need to receive the hospitality of Jesus, who loved us when we were far off. When we were strangers, in fact, even when we were enemies of God, Jesus died for us. I want to let you know the best decision I've ever made was saying, Jesus, I will surrender my life to your hospitality, to your love. I'll give my life to you. I will follow you, Jesus. And if you're in this place and you're saying, I need to make a commitment to follow Jesus, or I need to renew a commitment to follow Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that, and I want to pray for you. So if we could bow our heads and close our eyes again. On the count of three, if you're saying, Pastor Pradeep, pray for me. Would you raise your hand so that you could receive Jesus into your heart and life? One, two, three. Just lift up your hand right now. I see that hand. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'd love to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand so I can see it. Awesome. You can put your hand down. Hey, Kalos Church, I have a prayer that we can all pray together, especially if you raise your hand. Let's pray this. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? Come on.